Hi, this is George Denholm. And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5 by 2 podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship. We hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your discipleship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. For this episode, we will be talking with Mindy Chapel, and she is the Associate Youth Director here at St. Peter's as we discuss a recent youth ministry mission trip and living on mission. So Mindy, we appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role here at St. Peter's? Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I started as a fifth grade teacher here at St. Peter's and a year ago transitioned into the Associate Youth Director position where my focus is primarily on the middle school and high schoolers. I work with our middle schoolers in youth group and in Explore, which is our confirmation program, runs weekly through the school year. Mindy, God obviously prodded you in some way to move from classroom into youth ministry full-time. I know classroom, you're in ministry and youth ministry, you're in ministry, but it's a slightly different focus. What was some of the things that pushed you into that change? Mike had asked me to go as a Sherpa on the mission trip to Guatemala a year ago, and myself and my daughter Kendall went. It was absolutely life-changing. Often you hear people when they talk about going on a mission trip, oh, it's life-changing, and it's really hard to explain to other people that haven't experienced that, what that looks like and feels like. But we went to Guatemala and through some just natural conversations about my passions for teaching and working with middle schoolers, I love middle schoolers. Not everybody appreciates them. Those years are hard. They're hard for parents. They're hard for adult Sherpas and leaders, and they're really hard for the kids. And I think it takes a special person to really understand and love them through it, help walk alongside of them, not take the attitude and the frustration personal, and know that they just sometimes they don't even know what's going on. And we talked a lot about that. Mike kind of looked at me and he said, Gee, if only there was a position like that. And we kind of joked about it on the trip. But when we came back, we uh, went to lunch and talked more about it. it. I was really conflicted, honestly, in the beginning. I was trying to figure out where God was pushing me. I felt a little bit like he had been preparing me to leave the classroom throughout that year in fifth grade. And it's hard to explain that feeling, but I just kind of felt like I was less settled in that position and just a little restless. So after we met and talked, we agreed that I would meet with the call committee and I was very upfront with them and said, you know, kind of here's the deal. I'm super passionate about both of these things. I have been a Sherpa with the incoming junior class now since they were in sixth grade. So I had been through the programs and was still in it with them. But I just, I said, I can see myself. I can see God pushing me in both directions of the classroom and into this position. So we're just going to see what God puts on their hearts, what he was, what I felt like he was putting on my heart and my family. So after that meeting, then they reached out and said they'd like to move forward. So we spent a lot of time praying at my house with my family. It does change the dynamic in our household. I go from having the summers off, having all the breaks off with my kids to working sometimes in the evening and working every Sunday and it just it just changed and so we talked a lot about it prayed a lot about it we actually traveled to Boston the weekend that I had found out and we spent a lot of time talking about it leading up to the Boston Marathon when Paul was running and then afterwards and Paul said he felt like that that was the direction for our family and I felt the same way my girls were both on board which was important to me that they are on board uh, not just for our home life schedule but it puts me in everything they do youth ministry for the most part and I needed to know that they were good with that so I text Mike and Mike and let them know that I was ready to move forward and then we had all the 
you know, you, you feel like you're being led in one direction. And then, you know, my own personal, oh, was that the right choice? It's going to be different. It's changed and go through all of that. And uh, through talking through that on our way home from that trip, Kendall looked at me and said, Mom, just because you're good at something doesn't make it good for you. And at 15, I thought, God's really speaking through her, clearly. So I knew it was the right choice. And I had other people that when I shared with them, I was leaving the classroom, they would say, if not at that point, at later points, man, you just are so at peace with this. And I said, how could I not be? I feel like that's the way God was was leading me. I think he did a lot of things for me in the classroom. I learned a lot of stuff, not just about talking and growing relationships with kids, but also parents and trying to help navigate that in both directions. And I think it was just exactly what he was leading me for. Well, you were phenomenal in the classroom, and I don't want you to get the big head or anything. But, um, you know, I think what you just said is important. God grooms us for the next step. And so I think you're going to do a great job. You've already started great, and I know you're going to keep going great. But let's back up. Give us a little bit about your family. You've mentioned some names. Tell us a little bit about your family. My husband is Paul, and he's a firefighter here in Columbus. We both grew up pretty much in Columbus. I started for the first 10 years of my life. We grew up in Hayden down by North Vernon, and then we moved to Columbus, and I've been in Columbus since I was in the fifth grade. Paul's always been in Columbus. He used to work for Dunlap and Milestone and then got on the fire department. He's now been on on 16 years. He does other things on the side, but he loves the fire life and it works for our family. And then I have Kendall. She's going to be a junior. Both of my kids have gone through St. Peter's. Now Kendall's at East. And then I have Jillian, who is going to be an eighth grader. Kids grow up fast, don't Man. they? Man. Yeah, she's going to be 13 on Sunday. So now, now so you have some of your family of origin as members of St. Peter's too, correct? Mm-hmm. My older sister is actually what drew us to St. Peter's 20 plus years ago. She had joined St. Peter's. My oldest niece, Caitlin, she went to school at St. Peter's and that's really just what started me to even just come to services here. I would often be like, oh, I should join. I should go to the BIC class. And then that Sunday would come and go. And I came in one Sunday morning. I can tell you exactly where I sat. I was like, oh, it starts this Sunday. I'm just not feeling it. And by the end of the service, I had tears running down my face. I could feel that I was being moved to come to the BIC class that evening. I've been a member here for High 20 something years, I think. You've mentioned a couple of times that different events have kind of moved you, pushed you in a direction. Mm-hmm. Let's go to our topic. We've been talking about vocation and we're taking a little bit of a jump to a topic we had a, a little while ago about being on mission. And we've talked to some folks about mission trips and things like that. Mission trips seem to have made a huge impact on you. So let's back up. Tell us about some of the mission trips you've been on over the years and, and some of the things you've learned from those trips. Honestly, my first mission trip was the Guatemala trip in 2022. That trip was huge for our family. Not only did it have a huge impact on transitioning how God was going to use me, but also on Kendall. And she has a really inspirational story to share in just the transformation it made for her, not just in her faith, but in her friendships, in her confidence in her faith, and how she's really felt God work in her life. It sounds like you're telling us that we need to have Kendall on this next. Absolutely. So after that trip, then I started in this position that June. We went to NYG to travel. Which is, wait a minute, back Na- up. For folks that don't have kids, sure. NYG, um, YG, it's all what? It's, it's a youth gathering with, I think it's over 30,000 kids and adults that come together just to profess their faith, to learn and grow, to worship in community together. We spent a lot of time building relationships when, within our group of 96, but also 
with other people going to different sessions and whether it was an explanation of how to apply the Bible to your life or talking about different societal issues that our kids and we as adults are going through. Just lots of different sessions that we could all learn and grow from. And so we could meet new people meet guest speakers, and then we would worship together at night as a whole group. And uh, it was an incredible experience to see that many people, that many of our students together. We Mike does a really nice job of helping us to be set up for success. And we work in family groups when we travel in large groups like that. And so we have a varying age of students paired with adults. It makes for smaller groups, easier conversations, more comfortable conversations, closer relationship building, and being able to reflect on that. And then we do things as whole groups as well. So it's just incredible to see that many kids so passionate and excited about their faith. And that's all LCMS, Lutheran Church Missouri Synod kids. I mean, we do other kind of gatherings with other churches, Mm -hmm. but that one is all Lutheran kids and adults, their leaders. So what about the mission trip then? They just finished one, right? As soon as we came back, we had 10 days, and then we took a group of, there were 22 of us that went to Milwaukee, and that was a trek mission trip, which is 7th and 8th graders. We went up, and we spent the night, we worked with Leader Treks as an organization, and we spent our nights on air mattresses on a floor in a church, serving the community in various ways from working on an urban farm to working at local missions uh, to help clean up a park. We spent one whole day weeding this entire park so that kids could actually use it. And then we spent another day mulching it to help keep the weeds down and and so the kids really enjoyed that. Sorted clothes, made sandwiches. They had so much fun making sandwiches at the Salvation Army. You know, they just, they get really into it. They get excited. They build relationships and they're living out their faith for other people. So that was last summer, then mm-hmm. this summer. So then we went back to Guatemala in March. Then this summer we went to Alaska, just got back from Alaska at the beginning of June. And we head to Moundsville, West Virginia at the end of July. And Moundsville is with junior high kids? Yes. As you've gone on different mission trips, I know the one was very impactful because it was that kind of career changing. Mm-hmm. But as you look at all those trips together, what do you think are some of the highlights that you would have that you could say, hey, this is really, this stands out in my mind about this trip or this stands out in my mind about this trip? Probably when I look back at Milwaukee, seeing kids that have never been on a mission trip and they see that you know, they're away from their parents, they are really having an opportunity to help and support and share love with other people and to see them doing that and so passionate about it. Some of the kids, they don't always have that opportunity to see that here. And so when they get to go on a trip and they get to, like, it's very organized, like, we're going to go here, we're going to go here. This is how it impacts all these people. Getting to be those hands and feet, they really appreciate. But then it starts to build that fire of, I can do these things at home. Whether it's serving within the church at, like, Easter breakfast, or whether it's serving outside with in the community of doing cleanup, helping Love Chapel. The outgoing eighth graders have a group of kids that have a passion for serving hot meals and they go do different things um, monthly together as a group and do hot meals, whether it's Meals on Wheels or 
or the different locations around the community that offer those. So you're finding that that's true, that, that kids do follow up and, and serve back when they come home. Some of them do. Because mm-hmm. that's some of the things you hear about mission trips. Well, it's great when you're on the mission trip, but you get back home and you get in a rut and you just go back to your regular thing and you're not serving anymore. Well, and that's one of the things. Our mission in youth ministry is to be known, to follow Jesus, and to serve others. And that's we're really working on that as kids get through the confirmation and explore program as they transition into venture from Explore and Trek, one of the focuses we're going to have this fall is they have three different occasions that they will meet at Venture. And it's actually not just for those incoming freshmen, but it's for all of Venture to really take a deep dive into their faith and their ownership of that. And one of those is serving others. And so we're able to help model that and show them here are different opportunities within the community where we can serve. And sometimes it's hard in a community like ours, because if we have 80 kids show up to venture, there's not very many places that can handle that many volunteers at once. And so really trying to help some of our senior leaders help us find like what are places that you guys are passionate about, what are things and people that we can reach out to in the community to find places for us to serve as a group, whether we're split up into smaller groups or all together. Going back to the National Youth Gathering, that's always been a challenge there. They've wanted to provide service opportunities, but to find service opportunities, even in a big city for 30,000 kids at the same time is almost unbelievably difficult. Well, and when you take a group of 96, trying to find even four places, I think has been really hard. And that has been very much of a challenge. So we really try to help, especially like our, as our older students become older leaders, we really try to work with them in those family groups to help be leaders, whether they're leading our devotion that day or our debrief or, or whatever it is and making connections. And some sometimes it's about relationship building and getting comfortable with those that we're with so that when we come back and those opportunities arise, they're more likely to want to be involved. You're helping kids to see, I can find a mission any day. I can find a place to serve any day. I don't have to have all my group with me, but I can bring my friends. Let's go ahead and serve. I mean, we see that once a month when we do a Trek event, I reach out to several of our venture students and ask them if they're interested and they show up and they work with the kids and they're really starting those relationships that are going to be so impactful for later. And sometimes a couple of them that are friends will show up. And sometimes it's like, I'm here. I don't know if any of my friends are showing up, but it's really neat to see those leaders show up and mentor our younger students. The perspective there is like service is not just going on a mission field. It's not just going to serve. We as Christians have to find where God wants us to serve, looking at our talents and our passions, serving in the younger grades, if I'm an older grade, serving in the the little church, serving within our church is a mission. Absolutely. You know, we don't have to go far away to help people that are in need. Mm-hmm. Dustin, we're going to add on to that? Yeah. Mindy kind of you know, led us really well into the kind of the second part of this, of the, the living on mission kind of day in, day out. You know, talked about the mission trips and then that you, you've already talked about the carryover, which is awesome. So what are those kind of ways as you talk about like you've shared already some of this but whether it's the youth or the sherpas like how do you encourage the people within the youth ministry to 
think about how do we live on mission day in, day out? Because you talked about the different service opportunities. So something that we're going to be talking about in discipleship groups is kind of the, there's like the organized where you're kind of talking about like going and you know things that you've planned out. And those are great. Those are awesome. And then there's also kind of the organic or more of the reactive of just day in, day out is the opportunities that God places in front of you that you didn't know were going to happen, right? So like, what are, how do you kind of, how do you and Mike go about encouraging the adult leaders, but also the youth in that way? Does that, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, I think so. So like one of the things that I always encourage my Sherpas to do, especially as they're getting to know their new seventh graders and meeting weekly at Explore, to do high-lows and buffaloes. And we get to hear like what's amazing and fantastic in your life. Like what, what is it that you, that the, each one of these kids, cause they're all so different. Like what do they view as really good and exciting? Like what do they value? What is something that's bothering them? Like what is something they're worried about? So then I can know that I need to follow up with them later this week. And it's not just meeting at those weekly events, but it's staying connected. One of the benefits of everybody having a cell phone is our Sherpas can, I mean, we, and I'm also a Sherpa, so we can connect with these kids way more often than that once a week. I mean, when I was a kid, nobody was calling my house on the corded phone, you know, once a week to check in on me to see. So it's, it's one of the, the benefits. And then we do a buffalo. And that's just something like could be completely random. But I find I really like to hear my kids buffaloes because those are things that like, A, it may be something they're worried about, but they didn't necessarily call it a low. It could be something they're really passionate about and I can help them connect with something that would help them. And so I think just being very intentional in those conversations and connecting when somebody asks you to do something, I think it's important that we don't encourage people to say yes to everything. And if it's not in your comfort zone, then like it's not how God intends to use you. But just being very intentional of knowing like what is my comfort zone and what are my gifts and trying to be very mindful in catching those when those come across. Because sometimes you don't even realize, wow, that was an opportunity and I totally missed it. I know I sometimes fall into that, but I also fall into the, sure, yes, yes, absolutely, I'd love to help. And then I find that now I'm overwhelmed and I really, so I'm, that's something I know I personally need to work on. And I, I do try to help my Sherpas with that as well. You know, that high, low Buffalo conversation that we just had reminded me of something earlier. We we're going to ask you about challenges that you've run into on the mission trip. I found for me, what seems like it might be the low, the challenge is actually the blessing, the high when you get through it. Mm-hmm. Can you share some of the challenges that you have seen on mission trips and, and the value that comes out of that challenge? So we talk about it a lot before we go on trips. Mike's very intentional about these conversations in that by midweek, everybody's going to be tired and the good natured ribbing and picking that started out as fun isn't fun anymore and it hurts. And so we see those things and when those arise as Sherpas, because we know, and leaders, we know they're going to happen, recognizing those and talking through it. Like I had a kid that was super emotional. She gets tired and things hurt her. I mean, she just, she's very sensitive and, and things hurt her feelings. Talking through that and then talking about like, that's your obstacle to overcome. I don't want it to prevent you from being part of these trips and from being part of 
the mission service, whether it's here at home or anywhere, but know that like those, those are your obstacles that God is challenging you to learn through those. And how can we learn through those to recognize that if somebody's picking at you, maybe it's less about you and more about an insecurity they're having at this point in the week because now they're tired and maybe somebody has said something to them and just having some of those hard conversations to kind of process through what does that look like. Sometimes you find that you don't love the task you're being asked to do. And when you take younger students on those trips and they're asked to paint and they don't really want to paint, we had one of the groups I was with, the organization actually did a really good job of explaining to them like it's a lot of work for us to have you guys here every day and and I had thanked him for having us because I recognize when you have to find stuff for people to do for four days you don't get to do your job like now you're just doing these other things and um, I had thanked him for that and he talked to our kids and he's like yes it is a lot of work but the energy and the time that you guys are here we couldn't get this done in four months with the two of us because we do have to do our other job. So taking our week to do these things gets this house that was built in the 1940s or the 1950s because it needs a lot of work. It needs paint. It needs, you know, all these things that we just can't make happen on our own. And so them actually hearing somebody and seeing the benefit of their behind the scenes work really helps to benefit the forefront work. We had kids that were chopping huge trash can size holders of vegetables and prepping for things. I think everybody got an opportunity to actually like serve the public, whether it was a meal or, or hanging out with people or whatever it was. But they also all got to do a lot of that behind the scenes stuff and really hearing how important that is time wise uh, makes a lot of sense to our kids. And then they they start to appreciate that. No, I didn't want to paint. But man, I've really helped this organization be able to serve other people. And yet it also gives them that perspective of what am I good at? What am I passionate about? Mm -hmm. So sometimes we have to do things we don't like or that we're not really gifted at. It's, it's part of life. But I can also find out when I try different things. Hey, wait, I am good at that. Yeah. Or, or that is something I'd like to do. We had some that found that they are actually really good painters. I'm not sure whether they love that idea, but they actually, I, Paul doesn't let me paint at home. So he would be horrified to know that somebody else let me paint, but I did. I know I've taken kids before on mission trips and all of a sudden they go, wait, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of, that, that for, for those of us that are leaders, it's a lot of work, you know, and that's one of the things I, I, we've said it before, you know, you go on a youth trip you get back and people go, how's your vacation? It's not a vacation. Never yes. a vacation when you're working with kids because mm -hmm. you're always on mm -hmm. trying to make sure that they're getting along, they're eating the right way, they're, they're learning. They're drinking water, they're, they're, are they learning, learning are they growing? But, yes. but, but there is a great reward when you see that light go on, when you see that change, when you hear that story about the impact. So let's bring it back just to kind of wrap this up. The average Joe sitting in the pew, what would you suggest as a leader not just with youth, but in just in general, how do you look for mission opportunities, service opportunities in everyday life? It always starts with prayer, prayer for your mind to be open, your heart to be open to those opportunities. If you feel like, man, I'd really like to do something, I just don't know what to do. There's a lot of people in this building that they can reach out to. And like if they reach out to me and I don't have an opportunity, I'm happy to help connect them with someone who can. Start having conversations with other people in the pews and 
you'll find people who maybe need something that you didn't even realize was a mission opportunity. I overhear conversations all the time and I'm super sound sensitive. So like I hear all these things going on and sometimes I'm like, Hey, I could help with that. Just having the confidence to be like, Hey, I heard you say you needed your grass mode. I would be happy to help out with that or just really having those conversations and starting small. Go ahead, Dustin. I was just going to say, yeah, as, as Mindy mentioned, there's a lot of people here. So, yeah, if people are like, man, I really want to learn more about this or try to get equipped to feel more confident in how I share the gospel, those things. You know, obviously, I know Mindy would be more than willing, but you know, with our adult, adult discipleship team, whether it's me or George or Pastor Adam, we would love to hear from you and, and to help in any way we can and help find those ways to equip you for sure. So. And just, I think Mindy pointed out, just look for those places. Look for something, you know, just have your ears and eyes open. I, I, we were talking earlier uh, in the week with somebody about the flood that we had in 2008. Mm-hmm. And the greatest thing was when we went out to try to help people, we already heard that their friends and neighbors had stepped in there. And that's really what it's about. It doesn't have to be church organizing something. If you're just aware of what's going on in you, and it's, what a great witness to your neighbors Hey, I, I see you. You know, you're walking around with a, with you know on crutches. Can I help you take out your garbage this week? Something simple, just to help people out, just to be aware. Uh, we sometimes get so focused on our own life, and I think the, the mission trips take you out of your own life, so you see, man, I'm blessed, and I don't even realize it. I have, you know, going to Puerto Rico. I always bring up we had no hot water. And so it's like hot water. You you didn't have hot water. Well, you can survive without hot water, but what a blessing it is when you have it. And so you just kind of see those things that I've been blessed. How can I bless somebody else? And it's really cool. I mean, for me, it's it's amazing the opportunities and the blessings I have to see such a variety of different mission trips and opportunities and see these kids learn and grow in different ways from Guatemala where you go and visit homes that sometimes don't have running water 24-7 and sometimes often it's not heated to getting to go to Alaska and just the incredible nature and beauty that we got to see. I mean, God is amazing. And then, but seeing how each community is impacted differently, and maybe they've started to recognize some of those things and getting to see those gifts. It's uh, it's incredible. You would say the same thing that most of us that have been on mission trips have said before. If you haven't, get on a mission trip. Absolutely. But... I'm going to add my point, and then Dustin will wrap us up here. God's provided mission opportunities, service opportunities every day if you look for them. Honestly, I don't have much to, to add to that. It's a good way to wrap it up. I guess the one question I do have is we talk about mission trips. We, you know, Obviously, there's opportunities with youth. George, are there any? You mentioned Puerto Rico. Are there any opportunities for adults here at St. Peter's? Yeah, we're looking at more and more opportunities for adults, and I think that we used to have a lot of those going on, and then COVID kind of hit us, and we backed off. We're looking at trying to take some young adults to Puerto Rico again, probably in the spring. We did an exploratory trip for adults to Kenya, mm-hmm. so there'll be more coming up. Just keep your eyes open, those of you that are listening to this. If you've got a passion for mission and you'd like to learn more about it, we can walk alongside of you. We can try to help you figure out, you know, maybe you, maybe God's calling you to lead a mission that we haven't got in place. Most of the time we work with another organization and they do a lot of the planning. They walk alongside of you. So if God's put that on your heart, get a hold of us. Absolutely. Well, Mindy, thank you again for taking the time to, to join us today. We appreciate you being here and we look forward to continuing these discipleship discussions and talking about the five by two. Now go out and serve God and others.